Mental health can be a difficult topic to talk about. I'd like to change that. I'm Marcus Pipworth and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Ministry of Change, the final episode of 2018, 2018. Um, I sort of, yeah, this, this is the end of the first year, the first complete year of Ministry of Change. And so I really wanted to take this time to sort of pause and reflect a little bit on the journey so far. And I've been trying to work out how to do that. Um, I was thinking about just sitting here in this room and recording um, me talking about how I felt the year has gone, but that had massive potential to be boring. So I thought, um, oh, maybe I could do it a different way. So I asked my friend Adam, Adam Bates, who is a lovely chap, to uh, if he could sort of interview me about how the year's gone. Um, I picked Adam because, um, well, firstly, like he's, I know he's good on um, on radio and recording because he, in his former life, he was a tennis and football commentator um and so he I, th- I think he's pretty au fait with this sort of stuff and also he's one of the people that i know listens to the podcast um i mean i know i know a lot of people i've spoken to listen to uh, uh, some of them a few of them but adam he contacts me regularly to talk to me about an episode he's listened to and uh at the time of speaking he would have listened to all of them but the most recent one so I thought he was quite a good person to um, to talk to me about it because he's sort of definitely been along that journey and listened to the very first ones where I had no idea what I'm doing to these very last ones where I have a tiny bit of idea of what I'm doing. <laughs> so it's it's nice to speak to someone who's been on that journey and uh, so he could sort of reflect back his ideas uh, um, and mix them in with my ideas. And I think it's a nice conversation. Um yeah, I thought was, I'm recording this on Boxing Day, so on the 26th of December, and I thought, um, yeah, I wanted to get it done because tomorrow I am moving to the French Alps for two and a half months to help out my friend Sally with her mindfulness and leadership retreat space in the Alps and do some skiing as well while I'm there. And so I'm not sure what the next few days or weeks or months are really going to look like so I thought I'd record this now and get it out before I go and before the end of the year so we can start afresh. I've got quite a few recordings that I've done um, in the last few weeks that I will continue to upload anyway but while I'm in the French Alps I'm definitely going to be on the hunt for exciting interesting people to talk about life and what it means to be human and mental health with so it's not going to change that but anyway um We'll move on into the conversation in a minute. Um, I will just mention during that conversation, Adam had written a nice big sign. We met at his office and he'd written a nice big sign and hung it on the door, right by the door handle saying, we're recording in here, so please don't come in. Um, and because there's a toilet in there, but there's lots of other toilets in the, in the building. And um, uh, yeah a bit of the way in some bloke walks in and I had to edit some of that out because you could hear everything basically through this thin wall between the meeting room and the toilet uh, and then towards the end a plumber 
came in multiple times so I've sort of tried to edit that out as well as much as I can but just to be aware of those interruptions as they emerge um also say anyway thank you so much for everyone that has listened uh if you're new welcome uh it might be a good idea to go back and listen to a few more before this but maybe this is a good one because it will give you some ideas of where to head to if you're looking through the back catalogue um and thank you so much for everyone that's been supporting me on Patreon over this year. That's how I'm funding this project and it's really, really helpful. It's still very small. I still only get like not a huge amount of money through that, but every little helps and that's gradually building up. So thank you for that. Um, if you're interested, I'll, I'll add links down to the Patreon and there's extra content and stuff through Patreon as well if you contribute. And so that is lovely. Uh, and then just please do like, subscribe and review the podcast and that helps me to reach more people. Um, okay, so without further ado, I am going to head over into the conversation with Adam. Well, when I listened to your last podcast, it... Uh... Even if you're only half listening, you know, if you're cooking or if you're doing the ironing or whatever you're doing, the way you started the last one in particular, um, yeah, really grabbed me because it was very sincere from the off and it feels immediately as if you're in a conversation. I think it's really valuable, um, especially given the subject matter of what your podcasts are about to actually be open 100% at the time about how we're feeling because it influences how we come across when we're talking. So I wanted to do a check-in for that reason. And I'll go first so I don't feel like an interrogation. Yeah. Um, as I said to you just before we started recording, I've, I've been doing the bookkeeping. So you've just saved me from that because it's, ah, I'm struggling with it and I'm hitting my head against the wall about it. Um, but no, I'm very excited because I've just received a lovely Christmas gift from my friend Marcus. And it's a bookmark, which I sincerely need. And we just had a moment of odd coincidence in that we've just finished reading the same book. Victor Frankl's uh, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, which, yeah, I, it certainly impacted me and it sounds like it has you as well. Um, but I was reading that, the only bookmark in inverted commas that I had was my library receipt. So I was using that, so now I've got a proper bookmark and it's got a little robin on it. So I'm very, very thankful for that. Thank you. Um, so yeah, parents are coming later as well and uh, spending Christmas with them down here in uh, Brighton for once. So... Yeah, anticipating that, looking forward to it. What about you? Um, yeah, I'll just just point out in case you don't know, I made that bookmark. Yeah, I just like I've given like made a couple and I gave them to people, and two people just had no idea I made it, and they only. Well, it's got your name. Yeah, but they written on the back. So I wasn't. I'm not trying to boast about my wonderful bookmark. <laughs> Maybe it's too good. Maybe it looks like. <laughs> hey, I just. Uh, it's gorgeous. Just thought I would highlight that. Um, um, and I can tell it's your drawing. It's your style. Nice. Good. Well, you know me better than those people. I won't give them a Christmas present next year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah, no, but I'm doing well. Um, it's nice to come back to Brighton for a few days. Like, I thought this was a good time to come at Christmas. I'm feeling like, um, feeling quite good. I'm excited because I'm going to the Alps in a few, just after Christmas for a few months. So this is the last chance to sort of come to Brighton and see people I know. And I thought Christmas is a good time. So yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling... Mm. excited and it's nice it's always quite intense coming back to Brighton because I know lots of people so it's always like going around and lots of like f- filling myself up with conversation and nour- but it's nourishing and good so now I'm happy good tremendous yeah well I'm happy as well and excited to be talking to you and being with you just before you go away which I'm sure you're going to be talking about quite a lot 
in the coming podcast, so I won't go into it now. But um, I think, given that not only has it been a year since the start of 2018, almost, as we record this, it's also a year since you started doing the podcast. So for the people that haven't actually listened to the podcast all the way through and haven't been with you from the very start, can you remember the very first moment that you actually thought, hmm, I think I'm going to do a podcast? Yeah, well, not actually, like, technically, the first episode of this podcast I released in about October or November of 2017, but then I, that was really just one to sort of experiment and see if I, how do you record something and then change it from being a recording on a device to a podcast, and then I had a few months before I, like, sort of really kicked off in January but yeah I mean the first time I decided I really want to do a podcast was probably about three years ago (laughs) and then I spent about two years faffing around wondering what to do it about I was just really intrigued by the whole format and I listened to them a lot and then eventually I mean it was sort of last last summer before the podcast I did a different recording project of some other stuff and then that was like okay I'm really into that I'm just going to go and start doing it. Like rather than, I know a lot of people I've spoken to, and I guess I was in this phase for a little bit, they are worrying so much about how to make the perfect podcast before they release the podcast. And I realised that I was in that phase for a little bit and you're never going to make anything. I mean, we're a year in and I'm learning lots. It's definitely, definitely, I feel I've improved no end since those first ones but like I know that like I mean I find it quite cringeful to listen back to the first first ones I mean I reckon I can listen to like probably the last couple of months and be like okay that I'm satisfied with that but if I listen past that it's just like ah, cringeful <laughs> but I hope that if I'm still doing this in a year's time or two years time I'll look back on these ones I'm doing now and have a similar mm-hmm. sort of oh what was I doing because that will be a sign that it's I've continued to evolve and develop it Mm. well you're right I mean I listened to the first podcast again earlier and uh, I was just telling you earlier about how just a few minutes in you break off because there's a lot of noise in the background you're in a cafe or something and then like should we go to a quieter room yeah okay is it still recording you know but it's beautifully raw and I think that's what makes it so endearing but also what makes it endearing is the fact that you when you're speaking to somebody most of the time you're listening and a lot of the time with people who are in the media industry, broadcasters, they like the sound of their own voice a lot. Um, but you let the other person do the talking. And to such an extent that you have you did a, a little, I don't know what you call it, a mini-series of where you actually just gave the mic to other people to let them share their story uninterrupted, um, which was really beautiful. So I'm going to learn from that and I'm not going to do much talking from now on. Um, but when we go back to the start of you recording your podcasts, what kind of headspace were you in and what were you looking to get out of it at that point? I like this. It feels like this is your life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, When I first started, I mean, the the headspace there, I I mean, I was confused, definitely, and lost. It had been quite a traumatic sort of year or so before that, or or like longer than a year, I guess, of like sort of depression and anxiety and not really knowing what I'm doing, feeling trapped. So, I mean, at the phase sort of when I a ministry of change sort of came about over the summer last year, 
2017 and it was sort of that the idea or like not the idea the idea had been there but I just was like I can't do this I'm not qualified I'm not a person that can do this blah 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 but something switched over that summer and I just thought no I'm I'm gonna go for it so the headspace is strange I mean I was, I was sort of coming out of this stagnant period of feeling really really like trapped but also I wasn't really knowing where I was going so it felt really like I am stepping into the unknown I don't know what the intentions really are I just know I have to do this I know I want to go and speak to people I know I want to hear people's stories but people kept saying to me like what's the um what's the outcome and I was like Hmm. there's no the outcome is that I'm going to talk to people and I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow but I think the people that are you going to write a book or are you going to like um sort of create a charity or these things I don't like they they're possible things which could happen but actually these sort of podcasts and blog posts they are the output they are they're an ongoing evolution and I don't know what the end point of that will be Mm. so uh yeah I mean the headspace was yeah I don't know the short answer I guess is sort of a bit scared but ready to go Mm. and it, it sounds like to me having listened to the podcast and knowing you that it's that kind of mindset that you're looking to challenge partly in terms of you must have an end point and you must be constantly looking to rise, achieve, get better um, for the sake of achieving. When actually it feels like this whole process for you has been about slowing down a little bit. I mean, in fact, you did a podcast about slowing down, didn't you, when you went to Portugal. Um, Would that be fair to say? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's, that's the evolution that I've been on, I think of learning that I mean I think I got trapped very much in this idea of progress and efficiency and the need to be more and achieve more and I just sort of realized that actually there was this part of me inside that was so scared of myself I think or like yeah just had this unbelievable feeling of not being enough and yeah so that has been a theme throughout the thing it's been the exploration of that because at the time also that was a feeling that I thought was quite exclusive to myself and I I wouldn't go as far as saying it's a feeling that everybody has because I don't know that, but a lot of people I've spoken to at some level, if you dig down deep enough, there's that idea that we're not enough because, you know, we live in that society where we need to, we need to, we're told we're not enough so we can basically just be sold stuff and to sort of get us motivated and things like that. But actually, yeah, I think you, there's, yeah, what I I think it's interesting to do a project without an ultimate outcome, without seeking some exponential growth, because then you discover so much more. If you leave that space open for stuff to emerge into it, then the magical things happen. But it's really, really tough to do that. I've found because that's not generally how the world is set up by us. Mm. Well, I've really noticed that you're on that kind of evolutionary path and I'm learning from it to an extent as well. When I listened to the start of your podcast with Chrissy Kelly and you started by saying, I was going to record this yesterday, but actually I sat down, felt like I was about to cry for some reason, needed to go out on a walk and decided actually I don't need to do it today. And like me knowing the Marcus from before, um, I could imagine you previously having gone, I'm going to fight through it, you know, because I've got to. I should be this. I should be that. I should be able to. I should be in a position where I can get this done. 
and then you'll do it and then you'll be low on energy and emotional energy and it just won't sound authentic um whereas now you're just like i'm gonna do it tomorrow and that's what you did and it sounded great and yeah i just wonder if you've been able to take a step back and actually just look back over the past year or so and go yeah okay i have improved in that sense and it's benefited me in this way um yes but yeah i mean i yes that that like what you said at the beginning is of that is true like i think though before i was very concerned about what i should be doing and what it would look like if i didn't and i, I think there's a certain amount of fear of failure or like what like what does it mean about me if i can't do this right now i should be able to do this right now but yeah like you said that that one i recorded uh, the one a few weeks ago with Chrissy Kelly the, trying to do the intro for that yeah I did think after a while like when I was trying to plow on through it, I was like this is part of the whole point the point isn't to smash out a podcast every week on demand uh, it, it, it's or like write a blog post every week or the one it's an exploration into where does my energy lie and how what and how can I sort of best listen to myself and I I mean I know like I haven't I, I haven't found a perfect balance by any means. I'm not I'm on a journey. I'm not and I don't think I'm anywhere near the end of that journey, but like I I guess it required a lot of unstructuring and restructuring of my life. So I live in this way which is at the moment quite nomadic, quite transitory, quite sort of unrooted in some ways. So and which can be tiring. And that's not for everyone. So I don't like I'm never trying to like with these things say like I'm doing this and so you should be doing this it's just exploring what I can do and so there's definitely like trade-offs there like I mean I never have any money really (laughs) that sort of thing but that's all right but that's also taught me to rely on like or not to rely on but to like just accept help and remember that people are kind and I like to help people when I can and I think a lot of people do so it's, it's it's challenging but yes I do feel I have a better ability now just to just not do something if I'm feeling like stressed and it's draining me because I know that I won't produce something that's worth anything mm. anyway. Well, let's talk about that nomadic lifestyle that you've now got. Yeah. I mean, what is it, a year and a half ago? Yes, you... September yeah. last year. Yeah. yeah, so you're now going around the country, around Europe, around the world in a van, you know? I mean, that's if you told yourself that two years ago, you would have laughed, right? Or you would have thought, what? That's a bit far fetched, but you're doing it. So, what has that experience been like? And that transition from living more like that? I think if you told me, like, if you told me that, I would have probably had those reactions, but there was also that's something I'd always really wanted to do. I just thought there was just too many hurdles. Most of them were not really hurdles they were just Mm. mental hurdles or imaginary hurdles or hurdles I thought were there so I think some part of me would have yeah I think I would have believed it's possible but in some level but not thought I would ever go through with it but it was a long process of getting to that point I've forgotten the question what is it like when this is a different question because it's just (laughs) popped into my head and I want to know the answer what is it like when you're talking to people and they say where do you live or, oh, yeah. or that kind of thing, and you explain to them that actually you travel around in a van. I still some it still depends on the situation. Like, I think some people just get it and they're like, "Oh, wow, that's exciting," and some people don't. A lot of people have a very glorified version of it, 
because I think there's a romantic notion of sort mm. of throwing in everything, quitting a job and going the road, but they don't think of the sort of like the practicalities of of what that actually means. It's quite because I I mean I'm not I I enjoy it. I like it a lot, but it's exhausting. I mean, for example, the, the re- one of the reasons I'm going to the Alps for two months now is because well I got I, I had that space to let something grow there and someone asked if I wanted to go so that's good but I was having a conversation with Sally Ann who I'm going with and she was asking what my plans were and I had sort of said I'm not sure but I'm quite tired it's been nearly a year and a half of traveling around so I would quite like just to ground myself somewhere for a few months and just help out and do some sort of manual work and that sort of stuff so there's that's there's that element that people don't really realize is actually sometimes it's nice to just go back and tuck your bag in the corner and lie down on the sofa at home and and I don't have that but the benefits I think for me anyway have outweighed that a lot Mm. but but, um but yeah when people ask it's quite hard like I've always like I don't really say nomadic because I just feel like I don't know I just feel like a real wanker saying that (laughs) I'm a nomad but I don't know if that's but that's a projection of my own sort of insecurities or Mm. some weird thing inside me I'm sure but um no I find like I used to I used to say when well I mean I still struggle with some people say where do you live and I'm like oh I don't really live anywhere but someone did tell me recently to they're like oh you should say you live everywhere (laughs) that's a nicer positive take on it because um yeah, it can be, um, it's strange when people sort of ask, like, what do you do and where do you live? I get often they, they just want a, like, I'm, this is what I do and this is where I live sort of yeah. answer. And it's quite hard to say that. Have you not been tempted to say, my name is Marcus, I am a plumber and I live in wherever? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to people who you're not going to meet again. But what's it been like with the people that know you best? Because when you start something new, I mean, I can speak yeah. from experience, when you start something new that they don't know, they yeah. can find that, you know, the people that love you, they can find it really unnerving and it can cause a lot of worry and things. Yeah. So what's it been like, you know, dealing with that? I think like most people I know, like sort of friends and stuff, I think haven't really reacted like that. They've been very supportive and um, I guess... They had questions at the beginning, but they were still supportive because they, a lot of them knew how difficult I'd found the like previous few years or something, and so like, I think they were excited just to see me sort of going and following something, and I think that's continued that passion. I think like, with my family, it's been like maybe like harder. I think they just, I'm not 100 percent sure they really understand still what I'm doing. I think there is a level where they're like they're happy that I'm a lot more content and happy with what I'm doing. I think we have slightly different metrics, like especially probably with my dad. And like I, I sort of feel that maybe, I mean, this is a real like generalisation and projection of my dad's thing, which is probably more a reflection of what I'm feeling rather than what he's thinking. But like that maybe he will never really see Ministry of Change as anything really substantial unless it like brings in a load of money, which I'm not 100% sure it ever will <laughs> so like we have these different metrics of like sort of well it's it's generational as well I think like there's I mean I think in the 70s if you had a f- few hundred quid you could buy a house <laughs> or like, or like, however you'd like you could a, a house and stuff was attainable yeah. like jobs were stable-ish 
there was generally more of this idea of like this is the, the motions you go through these are the steps to have a successful life and they're, they're like completely shot they don't exist we are generation we don't have any of those certainties and I don't think they did either obviously <laughs> but like there was this mirage that you could do that which has gone so I think we have to sort of make our own way through it a bit so I'm happy to be doing that but I think it's hard for someone of a different generation not everyone it's just for me, but some mm. people and I'll probably put my parents into that but they are supportive in their own way mm. they are lovely I can say that so let's talk about the podcast itself and some of the episodes that you've done yeah so without wanting to sound like you're ranking your favorites because that wouldn't be fair do you have favorites favorites of the ones I've made yeah um you don't have to name them. Well, I would say for dipl- di- diplomacy, I love them all equally. But yeah, there are definitely ones that stick out as sort of ones yeah. that go in my memory more. Um, but also that's quite often the most recent ones because they're the most... Because mm. I, I feel like with these things, they're also... I mean, I am recording the conversations, but they're all generally with people that I just would like to have a conversation with anyway. So it's all about sort of the relationship. And I guess the reason the ones more recent stick in my mind is because they're the mo- ones I've sat down and had a cup of tea with or whatever most recently attracted. But no, there are, def- there are, there are a few that I like, think were... I guess because they're, they're ones which sort of maybe they open my eyes to things in a different way. For example, I did one with a lady who um, had, was sort of diagnosed with disassociative identity disorder a few months ago. Well, probably a while, like mm. nearly... That was quite an early one. That was really fascinating just for me to be able to sit and just really listen to someone talk about a life experience which I have no real conception of. But still in that, being able to see sort of similarities between like the the struggles people that I've had or other people have in other things, but in this very sort of much more, um, I don't know if extreme is the right word, but this this very different context. So that's one that sticks in my mind. So once also I talk to people that I know quite well and like just even though we talk about mental healthy stuff anyway, like just to sit down and give them the space. Like my friend Scott Drummond, he shared like a few months ago and it was really, really mm-hmm. interesting to do that. Uh, I mean, the Charles Eisenstein one sticks in my mind because I it's like a giggly little <laughs> school girl. Like, no, like good on you for getting that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that took some balls to actually approach him and say, will you be on my podcast? Yeah. So he's like, I mean, I like, I really, I, because I really, really liked his work, his books and his podcasts and his, his ideas. So like that was just so amazing to get and sit down. And it also wasn't in like a, like I hadn't done anything like go through an agent. I just like met him at something and asked. And so we sat at this guy's house, Matthias, who's this cool Swedish filmmaker mm. who has this amazing thing called Campfire Stories. But like we sat there, the three of us, and we just drank kombucha, kombucha for like a, the afternoon and chatted mm. and then recorded that stuff. So that was like, that was stuck in my mind f- for a long time, I think, just because it was so surreal. Mm. But like, I, I really like the ones where I just, where I'm just like, ha- those ones that you mentioned earlier where I just hand over the microphone to people just to share their story and I'm not even in them. I love them. I think they're really good, important spaces um and sorry someone just walked through to go to the toilet (laughs) i'll try and edit some of this out (laughs) 
Right on the door handle. <laughs> on the door handle it says, meeting in progress. And somebody has just decided to ignore that, walk in, breeze past us, go for a wee, flush the loo, and go out. And not say a word. Well, this is the, uh, yeah, good, this is the authentic bit. This goes back to the bit at the beginning <laughs> where you said about the first podcast, someone yeah. walking in. I think I'll edit out some of that, like, <laughs> sounds of urination and toilet flushing. <laughs> Uh, okay, anyway. So, You're talking about different podcasts and ones that yeah. stick in the memory. Yeah, so yeah, that's Charles Eisenstein one. And then, yeah, like the ones yeah, you, you talked about at the beginning, those um, ones where I just hand the microphone over to someone and they, because I think there's a sort of tendency for a lot of podcasts and I find myself sometimes falling into this to want to get those like big, the, the names of people that will know because they're, I guess, ones which then people will, you'll get more people listening. But what I really like is just giving it to sort of just someone just to share their experience of life not in the spotlight just the struggles that everyone goes through and those and they're really powerful stories of sort of transformation and transcending real human struggles and and then like how you continue just with life like how life just continues I think they're really powerful so some of those have been really good those ones like, who did I have, who did I give them to? When I went to the, um, like, the, oh, no, actually, when I was talking in it, there was the one with a guy called Mark Langford who talked about his addiction and sort of suicide attempts and stuff, which was really powerful, I think. I don't know, I like them all, really. I think like, some of the harder ones are when people, like, it's sometimes hard to get people off script because, like, I don't ever go in with, like, a, a list of questions. I try and just make it into a conversation mm. like you'd have without a microphone. So usually try and like sort of just find so comfortable and have a cup of tea and just chat, but it can be sometimes hard. So I think especially people that are like more used to speaking about the stuff they do, like I, I sometimes find that I have to struggle getting them off their script mm. and not just regurgitating stuff they've said before. Because I sort of have this idea that if someone has, if there's somewhere else, where you can find this stuff already. I'd rather signpost to, to someone else's podcast or someone yeah. else's work than try and recreate it. Hmm. I don't know if that's a good tactic, but it feels yeah, but it feels right for me. That's the benefit of speaking to people who haven't previously shared their own experiences. And you've talked about um, how you've learned about yourself a little bit by doing all these podcasts. What have you learned about other people? in a general way, and and how you interact with other people? That's a good question. I think, like, I've, I mean, really, I've learned sort of, for example, like, I think we all are individuals, we all have very individual struggles or experiences, but there's a universal sort of nature to them in some aspects like the, you can I think one of the things I find so powerful about speaking to other people is that sort of I feel the best way of getting to know myself as well because you can see in someone else's story your own things reflected back at you so it's a really important self-reflection tool as well as talking to other people and listening to other people the power of listening to someone else is so strong but it's something that's quite hard to do lots of people never listen to anyone I mean I often find myself going into waiting to say a sentence mode and forgetting to listen <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so but I, yeah I think there's that I think it's 
just seeing the the amount of stuff that people can go through and then just come out of it as more whole, stronger people, something that I wouldn't necessarily have always thought. I think there's like maybe in the past would have thought that the goal was to avoid pain and suffering and to aim towards pleasure and happiness, but I don't think that's true anymore. I think it's only by like pain, suffering, that's inevitable. That happens at some level or another. It might not be like really catastrophic. It might just be very low levels of suffering, but it happens. And so the point of life, I feel, is not... Well, that's in general. A, we know, I know from reading that Viktor Frankl book you mentioned <laughs> at the beginning, there's no, maybe it's not good to focus on the meaning of life, but the meaning of your own life yeah. at this point in time. And I think... A good meaning I take away is not to avoid that, not to run away from the suffering and the difficult bits, but it's to learn how to navigate it. And I think I've seen that in so many other, so many people that I don't think I've spoken to anyone yet that at some level wouldn't say, yeah, that stuff was shit and I wouldn't wish other people to go through it, but I would not take it out of my life because it is the thing that's made me grow. It's the thing that's made me who I am. It's the thing that's given me strength. And I think that's a really powerful thing. And I think once you start listening to other people's stories, that's something you can't really escape. That's pretty huge, being able to realise that kind of learning that you've come out with a meaning for yourself. So what would you tell the Marcus who hadn't yet recorded a podcast and was in the headspace he was in at the time, struggling to deal with own thoughts, pressures from external sources? What would you say to him? I'd say lots of things. I don't think he'd listen, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, I feel, I mean, I, I think a a large part of my advice to myself would have been just to sort of not worry about what other people were thinking. But I heard that that was what people were telling me. And I, and that's what I was telling myself, but it didn't really help at that time. But I guess it it sowed the seeds for like the realization that was later to come. Um, I think, like, I don't know, I think just the, the idea that, like, I I already knew what I needed to do. I just needed to do it. And also, like, I think there's misconception or that doing stuff, like, you have to overcome fear. Like, you have to combat fear. And I don't think that's true. Like, I said it before to someone that, that like, I don't feel that what I am doing or what the decisions I did were necessarily brave. I think I was just exhausted and tired and I was like I can't go on doing this so I have to do something else so I basically started this out of like just being tired of being scared but that doesn't mean that I still don't feel scared about doing stuff a lot of the time but I generally try to not or like not not listen to it I listen to it let it have its space and then do stuff anyway and it's never bad and it's it never works out being as catastrophically terrible as my brain tells me it's going to be. And I think this is what the the learning I got when I did eventually start doing it is that, yeah, I didn't know what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, really, but I'm just doing it and living... It sounds like cheesy, but I guess like every day just letting stuff see what happens and not trying to overplan, not trying to be too prescriptive about what I'm doing and let it just emerge, and that's... And that's something I think I wasn't really doing before. Weirdly, because I was working in, in quite a lot in, with like system change and talking a lot 
and in workshops about the importance of space and emergence and stuff. And then when I really sat and honestly looked at my life, I was like, I'm not doing that really. I'm doing it in work to a degree, mm -hmm. but I'm still scared of what will happen if I actually just did it, just went out into that wilderness. And I think that's what I did, maybe I'm doing a bit still, but it's good. Mm. So I, I just say to my former self, just like, don't worry about it, just do it. I, re I think one of the things like I realised this year as well that not to sort of place blame on myself or anything really for that, but like I think there's this quite a narcissistic element to the belief that you're the shittest person in the world. Ooh, tell me more. Well, like, I mean, I had this belief that like everyone else was doing loads of good stuff and everyone else had all these capabilities, but I didn't. Like I was... I was like, hadn't got as much value as other people. Like I hadn't got the skills or the ability to learn things or the ability to sort of do that. But then I could think like, but I get sort of jealous that other people had that. But I think that's like, I think like we tend to think of narcissism as like this very much like, I'm the greatest person mm. in the world and everyone else is crap. Mm. But I think the other flip side of it is that like, I'm the worst person in the world and everyone else is great. They're like two extremes mm. of one thing. And I, mean, I think I've definitely at times flipped into the other like narcissistic ones. So I think it's like finding that like balance in between. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. Are you still working on that? Do you think? Um, yeah, definitely. No, definitely. I mean, it's, it's always something that's constantly present, really, this feeling that... Like, it's going back to that feeling of not being enough. I feel like it's always at some level there, but I, again, I know that it's just part of some like old story, some old conditioning, some message that I picked up at some point, and I lived it for 20 years or something. And so it's a slow process of unlearning something that you've believed for so long. Mm. And also, like, I, I saw this... Um, post or meme or something the other day and it said it said something like sort of take your time you're trying to unpick 10,000 years of trauma and and problems yeah. and it's like that idea that like we're not just carrying our own yeah. shit we're also carrying the shit of humanity and the shit of generations and yeah. the, all those things and like so it's it's a really slow process so yeah I'm definitely still working on that and a lot yeah. more yeah what else then what else are you still working on do you think I guess I'm going back to that idea of like sort of need, needing to achieve. I think there's still like some level there's this idea that really to be successful I have to start, I have to like sort of reach certain benchmarks. I need to sort of have, like one of the big things I had recently was sort of like around like followers and stuff. Mm. Thinking like I got introduced to this world of sort of mental health advocates on the internet who are doing amazing stuff. They're doing really good things and they all have like sort of 10,000 followers or like more mm on like Twitter or something like that and then I started to think like oh but like I have hardly any but then I like, I've spent some time with them and all, there are a few people that do that sort of stuff and they're interesting people they're lovely people and they're doing something different to them that's like I speak to them and their energy goes into sort of their Twitter account and they spend a lot of time responding to people on Twitter and mm -hmm. and uh and then I looked at and, and then I looked at mine and I think like yeah probably spend like 10 minutes a day <laughs> yeah. if that sometimes I go for like two weeks without checking my social media sometimes I get like really inspired and I will like upload loads of stuff in the space of two weeks and then for like a month and a half I won't really do anything uh, 
and I realised, yeah, okay, so the, my focus is more on, I just like meeting people and talking to them, and it, it's this bigger thing, and so I can do what I do, and other people can do what they do, and it's nice that there's people doing different things, so I don't need to like, emulate someone that's doing that, because I don't get energy from spending time on social media, I hate the idea of waking up and having like a thousand notifications, yeah. Yeah. It like makes me feel sort of sick somewhere. Mm. Like I like try these days to sort of, if especially if I go out walking, I'll leave my like phone at home. And I try even to do that if I'm just going out. And I think for like the afternoon, I think can I just leave my phone at home? I still find it hard to do that because I think, oh, what if I want to take a picture? Or what if I need to like call someone or yeah. listen to something? But like, but I do more and more, and I realise it's not important. So yeah, those those sort of things. So you've always had a kind of very loose plan, if any plan at all with the podcast series so do you have any kind of plans going forwards for what it's going to evolve into not really like this is I, I sort of realized the other day when I was talking to someone they were asking me like what's the real like sort of what's the real sort of thing that gives you energy behind it what's the sort of underlying principle of ministry of change and I don't know if this is a good one but like I sort of thought like I feel if I'm really honest ministry of change is a excuse for me to go and have cups of tea with people I like <laughs> And I think, yeah. and I think that's it. Like I think if I break it down to that, it's like I'm just really interested in talking to people about their what they're doing and what their lives are like, and and having a nice cup of tea with them, and it's something I've always enjoyed to do. So I don't really know what the plans are, but I would like to think more of that and just continuing to speak to more and more people. I think it's going to be really different because for this, like the next two and a half months or so, I'm going to be in the Alps, so in one place. So I'm not going to be in my. That's all right. Sorry, someone just came in the room again. Meeting people for cups of tea, doing more. Oh yeah, no, what I was saying like the um, the um, I think it's going to be strange these next few months because I'm going to be in the Alps for two months or so, and then I'm going to be based in. I'm doing a storytelling course in a place called Forest Row, um, and so for the next like six months essentially, I'm sort of got a location to be in whereas for the last year and a half I haven't mm. so it's going to change so I don't really know what that means like it's going to I'm going to continue doing this I'm going to continue talking to people but it will take on a different form in some way but so again I think it's nice because I want it's nice to be grounded for a bit it's been quite tiring I'm getting quite tired of just moving around all the time so that's important but I think also it feels again like just as stuff's getting comfortable and then, like, stepping back out into this unknown wilderness that I don't really know what's going to happen. So it's going to force me to to adapt and change, which mm. is, like, it's the ministry of change. We have to get used <laughs> to changing. So that's nice. So I don't really know what's going to come in the next few months, but yeah. but I'm excited because I don't know that. Mm. Is there anything you would have done differently so far with the podcast? Anything significant? Because, of course, you could always tweak a bit of audio here and there, but, you know, is there anything fundamentally you think, oh... No, actually, if I had if I had the time again, I probably would have done that differently. I'm not sure. I mean, I would like I would like to know a bit more how, how to do the audio. So that's definitely one of them tweaking that. But uh, I don't know. It's really hard to say. I mean, I like I don't. I mean, I sort of don't feel like I've done anything differently. And that's not to say that I think it's all perfect. Mm. I think there's loads of stuff which I think wouldn't it be good if I knew had a better understanding of that. But I think I'm just trying to come in authentically as me and with like I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm mm. letting it emerge so no I don't think so no yeah you're right that authenticity is what makes it 
so engaging. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a few times over the year where I've done too much stuff because I was worried about not being professional and not having enough stuff, and I would probably go back to those times and just be like, just, yeah, so if anything, maybe like doing less, but <laughs> but like, I don't know. No, I'm happy with So you know <clears throat> what I do with my professional yeah. life? It's get people to talk about what they really want to do and what would help them yeah. do it. So it's basically getting people to ask the universe for what they want and then people will come out of the woodwork to support each other. So is there anybody in particular that you want to speak to on the podcast or are there any kind of skills that you need to develop with help from people that you want to get out there? Um, yes. I want to speak to Russell Brand and I want to speak to a guy called Matt Haig. But like they're two people who are quite well known. But like that. But yeah, in terms of who I want to speak to... I don't know, there's a few things. Like I, I, like, I mean, anyone, really, that has an interesting story I, I would like to talk to. Um, I would be interested in someone giving me some advice on how to do good audio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, but also, I mean, one, one thing I'm like, quite interested... There's a few things that I'm interested in exploring. One of them is sort of psychedelics and mental health. Uh, so people... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Always... You can't just brush over that one. So does that mean taking psychedelics? You probably can't say that on a podcast, can you? No, well, I think, I mean, yeah, I think, like, people with experience of taking psychedelics and, like, no, I mean, like, I'm not, like, I'm not talking about, like, bashing some LSD at a house party. I mean, like, <laughs> like sort of people doing, like, medical research into yeah. sort of how it helps with things like depression and also people that do it more in a, like, sort of spiritual, like, sort of with, like, guides and shamanic mm. practices and, like, things like ayahuasca ceremonies. Those I, I would love to hear you actually do that, record that experience. Well, I'd like to do that. That's something I'd like, quite like to do this next year at some point. Um, and like, I'm always interested in speaking to people with sort of more, like, professional experience around things like suicide because, like, I haven't spoken to many people that actually sort of work in that area but not like not like so much like with clinical facts just like I was just interested I guess one of the things I always worry about is how to share those things sort of effectively and it's nice to just talk to someone about experience but mm. really uh the people I want to speak to you are it's because like, it's sort of about mental health but really it's about how to how to navigate the difficult bits of life and what it means to be human and alternative ways that people are learning how to live their lives outside of sort of mainstream understandings of how you have to live so that could be anything really it's people that live in different like I mean I'm interested in like some people because I live in a van I'm interested in people that live in like vans and boats and tree houses and like those things people that live off grid people that just have very different lifestyles to the ones that we're told you need to have so that sort of thing. So if I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, well, they sound like great ideas. I want to support that. I want to help fund Marcus to be able to do all these things. What should I do? Oh, well, you can firstly like look at my website, which is the Ministry of Change.org. And that's, so that's where it has to be, obviously. Well, the people listening, maybe they'll know that already. But then I have the Patreon page, which is um, so patreon.com forward slash ministry of change and i'll obviously put links and stuff to that and that's sort of how i'm trying to fund it i mean i hardly i don't earn that much money from that at the moment but i guess ideally like at one point i'd like to just be able to make a sort of small living off doing that so i can focus on it because at the moment i do quite a lot of like other work around facilitating and things like that which i enjoy but i then pump all that money back into ministry of change so anyone that can like help that's always really useful to me 
I think you could make a big living from it, not a small one. But anyway, thank you so much for sharing all of that. As a listener, it's been really valuable, really engaging, and yeah, very insightful to hear about your thoughts throughout the last year and a bit. And I think it takes a lot of guts to be that open and honest and authentic, especially on a subject of mental health. And so because of that, you are a beacon for the change that you want to see, which is people opening up and feeling comfortable talking about their mental health and destigmatizing it. I think you do it very successfully. So thank you very much. Good. And at some point, I'm going to get you on the podcast properly and I'm going to ask you questions because what you mm. do with Ambigo and helping people find their ambitions is, I think it's really important as well. Um, I've, I mean, I, I've been to your Ambigo events for the last few years. And That's how we met. Well, it's how we met at one mm. of your events. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's how we met. And uh, definitely I've had help on like, various projects from doing that because I guess with that you just go and you bring, what Adam does, he, he sort of creates spaces where people come and they create, um, they, they bring their ambition and sort of hang up and then there's space for people to come and sort of help uh, and answer people's sort of needs. And, and it's really interesting. So we're going to have a podcast at some point with you, Adam, I'm <laughs> sure of it. Yeah. Um, because it's really important work as well. That'd be really weird being on the other side of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is weird for me being on this side. Yeah, I bet. It. But I've spent my whole career before now being a journalist, talking to people and asking questions. So I've never actually, I don't think I've ever actually been on the receiving end of a microphone for a long period of time. Well, prepare yourself. <laughs> okay, anyway, thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much to Adam for doing that. Thank you, Adam, if you're listening. Um, yeah, that was really nice for him him to do that uh do check out adam's stuff the um the, check out his website which is ambigo.co.uk it's ambigo.co.uk i'll put a link below and uh, he does really good work like that his project is about helping people to realize their ambitions and he does a lot of powerful community work in brighton and in the surrounding areas so do check that out um yeah and so ministry of change that was my year in review. That's my 2018. If you have any questions about that, what you've heard, or if you have any suggestions of things that you'd like to see in uh, the coming year, then please do email me at marcus at the ministry of change.org or send me a tweet at ministry underscore change. Um, and that'd be great. I'd really like to sort of get some of your input and see uh, areas that I can explore more so that's something really exciting for me I'm looking forward to this year as I said I'm about to go uh, to the Alps for three months and then after that when I get back in March I'm going to be based in Forest Row in East Sussex living in my van but I'm really attending a storytelling course so I'm going to be in one place so that's it's a strange space that I'm not really sure what's going to happen over the next sort of six months of Ministry of Change but I'm excited about it I mean, I think I've got quite comfortable with the format right now, driving around in my van and recording these lovely conversations with people, and I could just continue doing that. But this is a project called Ministry of Change. It's about change. So it it is, like I said, it's going to be re-entering this space of the unknown and emergence and seeing what happens. And and that's an exciting space. That's the space where stuff, growth really happens. And And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to what will happen. And I hope you come along on that journey with me. I've still got a few episodes that I've recorded over the last uh, month or so, and uh, so I will be uploading them over the coming weeks. Um, they've got one with Lucy Purdy, who's the editor of Positive News magazine, which was a really lovely chat. I've got 
and one with um, Anneli Roberts, who runs a podcast and mental health advocacy website called um, Piglitish. And then I've also got one with my friend James uh, Arnaldi, who that and that's a really fascinating conversation about his um, sort of psychotic episode or, or spiritual awakening, depending on how you look at where he basically um, thought he was Jesus for a bit. And it's a very, very interesting conversation. To, uh, and so, yeah, I'll be uploading them. And then also I'm going to be scouring the French Alps and further afield to find the interesting people to talk about um, life and what it means to be human and mental health with. So there'll be lots more coming up, but it will be in a different shape. So if you want to find out more about my journey with Ministry of Change and check out my blog and that sort of thing, then check out the website, which is theministryofchange.org. And then also, yeah, I mentioned the Patreon at the beginning and during the conversation. That's how I'm trying to fund it. And thanks to everyone that's been um, supporting me on that. It's so, like, I can't thank you enough, really. I'll put a link down the bottom to the Patreon, uh, which is Patreon. I'll tell you, it's patreon.com forward slash ministry of change. Uh, anything that you can give me there is is so valuable to me. And if you can't, then that that's also fine. Listening is the most important thing. And then um, subscribe, like, and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. That also really, really helps me. So um, anyway, for now, thank you for being with me over this past year. And I will see you in the new year. Goodbye.